Professor Bryn Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. Do you know the n- meaning of your name, Amani? In Arabic, in Arabic it means hope. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in Swahili it means power, no? Peace. I can't remember. I googled it. Peace, peace. Oh, okay. How did you know that it is a Swahili name? Because years ago when Google was invented, <laughs> I googled my name. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure a lot of people google their names. I'm like mm-hmm. and then I saw this famous American football player, mm. a man mm. called Amani. I was like, what? There are men called Amani. Mm. And mm. then I found out it's Swahili. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. There's a man called Amani, actually. And there's a woman called Amani. Both of them are celebrities. Yeah. Um, so you, you also mentioned that you came from, you have, you have an, your, from your name side, you have an Arab, uh, what do you call heritage, this? Yeah. heritage yeah yeah so yeah. both of my parents are from the middle east mm, okay yeah but you're swedish why well, i'm born in lebanon but i grew up in sweden oh okay oh all right mm. so at this point we're talking about you uh that's how we got to that song that you're singing about making the change uh do you want to talk about what was happening at that point that made you have that breakdown yeah, I, oh my God, now we're going to go really deep. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I, yeah, this is what some people don't like to hear, by the way. The truth mm. can sometimes hurt or be unpleasant or uncomfortable. Yeah. And I, and I see this a lot with some of the people I know personally who don't deal mm. and now with their shits. So and let's use another anal- analogy. And this one might be a little bit like eh, disgusting. But let's say you have a plumbing problem, okay? Mm. <laughs> and you have that shit stuck there, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you just ignore it. Mm. And you ignore it. Mm. And you ignore it. And you pretend it's not there. You pretend it's not there. Mm. And then at some point, what's going to happen? It's going to be clogged and you're going to have all the shit. It's going to get clogged and mm. like the flood and all the shit is going to come up to the surface. So mm. I hope that image is like, oh, I don't want that. Mm. And this is exactly what happens to us with our emotional shit, mm. with our emotional garbage that mm. we don't deal with. Mm. And this is what happened to me at that age. Mm. You know, for some people, it happens early. Mm. You know, some people might have a breakdown or I want to call it breakthrough because you don't necessarily break down and crumble into pieces. Mm-hmm. You break open. Like it's mm. almost. It's like a, a balloon or something that grows and becomes a balloon then bursts. So you break open. You Is break it? open. Yeah. yeah. Or if you think of these uh, animals that uh, shed skin, mm. what do they do? Like they shed the skin and they break that layer. Mm. And what comes? It comes a new version comes yeah. out. 
Yeah. But you had to break through that old shed, like mm. that old layer had to break yeah. for you to emerge yeah. again as mm. a new person. Mm. So, but if we don't deal with the shed, what happens? We're stuck in that old layer and we're just stuck and stuck and stuck. And it just feels so freaking uncomfortable. Mm. And then we're just going to suffer so much mm. until it's not bearable anymore. Mm. And sometimes that can lead to disease whether it's physical, mental, like problems at work, in our relationships, health, financially. Mm. So that is why I say, if I'm going to use the harsh words so you really remember it, mm. deal with the shit. Deal mm. with it. Don't mm. deny it. Don't suppress it. Don't ignore it. Because mm. it will come up to the surface sooner or later. It will. Mm, mm. So this is what happened to me. At that age, I hadn't dealt with my shit. I was just like living life and pretending everything is okay. You mm. know, zero vulnerability. Zero mm. like what's going on on the inside. Why am I feeling this? I was like, I'm good. I'm good. Like socializing, going out, having fun, having uh, money, working, la la la, traveling. Mm. But what about that stuff that happened? in my life in the past that mm. I had just pushed under the rug mm. and I didn't want to deal with it. Mm. That stuff was coming out. Mm. And it was like knocking very loudly. Like, mm. hello, you haven't mm. dealt with me. Hello. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up your shit. <laughs> mm. So I was forced to. But then I remember having this very serious conversation with a close person and they said, you need therapy, go and get mm. therapy because I don't think you can overcome this on your own. Mm -hmm. And I was still in denial. I didn't want to face it. So I'm mm. like, no, I'm going to this refugee camp and I'm going to rescue the world. <laughs> mm. So I, I basically went for the wrong reason reasons to help. Yeah. I went there with an empty cup trying to fill my cup with other people's pain, thinking if I heal them, if I help them, mm. my pain will disappear. It doesn't. Mm. Actually, I came back feeling even more empty, even more like hopeless. I was mm. like, I wasn't able to really fix these people's problems because yeah. the refugee crisis is still ongoing. It's not mm. something you fix in three months and mm. by being a volunteer. And I came back and still being very miserable. So what happened during this time, I started reading books about personal development. Mm -hmm. How do you become happy? <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I, and I started binge watching all these YouTube videos I could get my hands on, on, you know, happiness and how to feel good. And, and I, I was being what? A scientist. I was doing research. Yeah. I was doing radical research. Radical. Mm. Like, you know, how we sometimes get obsessed with our research. Yeah. And I kept doing that for like a year, mm. nonstop reading and studying personal development, psychology, mm. how do you change your behavior? So I, until the point I got it, I got the theory. Mm -hmm. You know how you, you, you get it? You go like, I know, I know, mm -hmm. I know what I'm supposed to do. Mm. But guess what? Nothing had changed. Mm. Like what's the point in knowing and you have the knowledge, but nothing has changed because yeah. knowledge on its own is not power. Mm. This is like sometimes we mistake information for transformation. Mm. Just because you have the information, information doesn't mean doesn't you've mean... transformed. Yeah. Transformation. Yeah. Oh mm. my God. Transformation requires work. Transformation requires consistent action taking mm. until you have that new change. Yeah. 
right? So I tell you, if you're trying to change a behavior and you read a book about how do I give up smoking or how do I become healthy, reading a book is not going to change that. No. (laughs) (laughs) And same thing with happiness. You know, Mm. I was trying so hard to find that quick uh, shortcut, like how Mm. to become happy. Come on, Mm. I want to like get rid of this pain and misery. Mm. There was no shortcut. So I started then realizing I need help. Mm -hmm. I can't do this on my own Mm -hmm. because reading books didn't change anything. So I started going to these personal development workshops because I still was resisting therapy. You know, back then it wasn't Mm -hmm. such a normal thing. Today, everybody talks about therapy. It's like Mm -hmm. going to the dentist, you know, my therapist, my therapist. But back then it was still kind of like something you would be embarrassed about, you know. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go, but I was okay going to workshops. So I started going to these workshops and I was paying thousands of euros. It was mm. crazy. I mean, I was back then still a science teacher, right? Mm. I didn't have a lot of money, but I was like, I need help. And then transformation started happening. That's when I started to change because mm. you need to experience the information. Once you experience it, you're an experience mean you're implementing it. You're using it in your life. Yeah. Then you start changing. Okay, so uh, how, how why is the stage of that transformation now? Oh, it's still ongoing. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of development, and I love it, let's go back to the topic of my science, <laughs> you know, yeah. developmental biology. Mm-hmm. Development never stops, does yeah. it? Until the day we die, mm-hmm. we're going to continuously grow as living beings. That's one of the criteria for being alive. It's growth. Mm. So that transformation is still ongoing up to today. Ongoing, ongoing. Mm. And I think that's the beauty of it because Mm. that's what makes life so interesting. Imagine Mm. it would be the same all the time. Mm. Okay. So uh, now you've done your refugee thing for three to Mm. four months or three months. Then what happens after that? So again, I Mm. come back to zero. So my base has always been Sweden, where my family, Mm. like my siblings Mm. and and my mom. So I go back to Sweden again, unemployed, Mm. with no idea what to do. Mm. (laughs) But then I decide, you know, I'm just going to apply for a job as a teacher. Mm. So because that's what I know. That's what I I was good at. So I I got a job. I got a job in a school with 90% immigrants and refugees. And I picked that school for that reason, because Mm. I had been in the refugee camp. So I wanted to continue helping these kids. But I kind of knew, I I mean, deep down in my heart, I knew that I'm not supposed to be in the school system. I'm not Mm. supposed to be a teacher. I, I, when I started doing personal development, mm. that work was resonating with me so much. So mm. I felt that's what I could imagine myself doing. I could see myself being a trainer, mm. helping people going through the transformation I went through. Mm. But again, there is this fear, you know, if you're going to jump into a new field and uncertainty, it's scary, new territory. Mm. So I'm like, no, let me stick to what I know, teaching mm. in mm. schools. Mm. But so I went back and I taught and then 
I just get like, again, if you're in a place that you're not supposed to be in, mm. at some point it just gets more and more uncomfortable. Mm. So I ended up quitting this job because the school was just too crazy. Like kids were having knives and violence and parents being completely crazy. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> being a school in, in such an area with immigrants and, and the high rates of, of kids with rough background, like... It, it requires so much, like having a thin, a thick skin, thick skin. you know, mm. and I, I couldn't deal with it. It was just too much. Mm. So I ended up leaving that job mm. and I joined a startup that my friend had founded mm-hmm. two years earlier. It's called mm. Science Matters. Mm-hmm. And I joined it because, again, I wanted to explore something new, something different, mm. but also something that makes an impact. And his vision was to help change the publishing system, mm-hmm. which probably you guys are familiar with it's Mm. broken Mm. (laughs) so the idea of this startup was to take uh, small data like published data right instead like pieces of the puzzle instead of waiting until you have the whole story Mm. and then as a community i mean it's a beautiful you know thought, Mm. but practically it's very difficult to implement right Mm. Practically, it would be like, well, who's going to get the funding then? You know, Mm. if I'm going to publish this data and then the next group publishes this data and the next one and the next one, who gets the funding? Who gets Mm. the credit? Who's Mm. the first author? Mm. So it was very difficult to get scientists to to publish with us because it was something new. It was something different. So unfortunately, that startup didn't didn't, uh, last. Mm. But it was an experience, again, that really helped me grow. Mm. I learned so many things. I developed new abilities. Mm. I learned the behind the scenes of a startup, what Mm. you shouldn't do, what you should do. Mm. And then I actually ended up getting fired for the first time in my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. I had a huge fight with the CEO and because we were friends Mm -hmm. and we we disagreed on some issues and then I just got fired. Mm. And that was the moment where, again, I said, okay, money, you're at this Mm. crossroad. Mm. So you can choose whether you go back to the familiar world, which Mm. is teaching, Mm. but you already know you don't want that, Mm. or you go for your dream. Mm -hmm. Which is? What I'm doing today. So you immediately started that after that, that happened, or you waited for some time? No, I didn't come up with it. I mean, I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but I was having so much resistance and fear because Mm. there was like, how? You know, that's often the question. You know what you want many times. Can Mm. you resonate? Like, Mm. you know what you want, but you Mm. don't know how. You were telling me this earlier. I know what I want. I know what's the contribution I want to create. Yeah. But how do I do it? Mm. I knew what I wanted and I knew why. Mm. Those two things are very clear. But the how mm. kept me from taking action. And this is what I would love to share with people. You know, like the how, sometimes you don't need to have the 20, 30, 50 steps figured out. Like sometimes we might only know the first five steps. Yeah. Start start with the first five steps. Mm-hmm. And then you uncover the next five steps and the next five steps. And, and one year later, you realize, oh my God, I've climbed like 200 steps. Mm. <laughs> but... Don't wait until you know all the 200 steps yeah. from day one. This is what stops so many people. So I was stuck in that mentality, this mm. analysis paralysis. Mm. And I was like, how do I do this? How do I start my business as a coach and trainer? I don't know how. And what if I fail? And what if I don't make money? And da, 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 da. 
So what did I do? I hired a coach, mm-hmm. a business coach, a business okay. coach. Mm. And that's why coaching is so powerful mm-hmm. because Einstein said it, says it very well. He's like the same mind that created the problem mm-hmm. cannot see the solution. Mm-hmm. Let's repeat that. The same mind. So I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the exact words, but something like this. The same mind that created the problem Mm. cannot find the solution Mm. because you're stuck in this mind. So, and this is why I say information and knowledge is not the key to transformation. So sometimes Mm. you need a disruptor and that's what a coach does. A coach disrupts Mm. that mind, that bubble Mm. that you're stuck in Mm. and boom, all of a sudden you start seeing things differently. Why? Mm. Because you had a mindset shift. Mm. and then you can get into action so this is what happened with the help of this coach she she was able to help me overcome some of that resistance some of that fear like what was stopping me from taking action Mm. and then starting the business became much easier Mm. so within three to four months i had my first paying clients wow as a coach yeah yeah So during these years, I was doing training, like I was getting my certification and I was getting trained. Mm -hmm. So I had the training, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have the confidence Mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. How has it been? Oh, I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's just amazing because Mm -hmm. of course running a business, it's like a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. But um. But I like this um, this comparison with the bamboo. I just shared a post about it last week on LinkedIn. Mm. Maybe you've heard about the bamboo. You know, mm. like the first five years of the bamboo plants, you don't see anything, nada, mm. like mm. nothing. Like you just keep like watering and watering and there is nothing visible happening, right? Mm. But what's happening underneath is the root system is being built. Yeah. And it's just like getting deeper and deeper and deeper mm. so that the fourth year of the bamboo, that's when the bud starts coming out. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the fifth year, the bamboo goes like, whoosh, like, like a rocket. Mm. It goes, it can go up to 30 meters mm. in five weeks. And this is what happens with business. You know, mm. sometimes people think, yeah, I want to start a business. Let's do it. It's going to be so easy mm. and mm. fun. And no, it's not easy. It's kind of like the bamboo. Like you need to give so much nurturing to mm. the roots mm. to make the system solid so that you can have that beautiful success that people see on the outside. Yeah. You know, people see it on the outside, but they don't see the the background story. Mm the work you put in to be able to build that business. Mm. So I say starting a business is probably one of the, it's like a boot camp and personal growth. If you mm. want to grow as a person, mm. start a business <laughs> because it forces you to look, look on the inside when it comes to your fears, when mm. it comes to your doubts, when it comes to learning practical things like how do I manage uh, money, mm-hmm. you know, finances, like how do I do sales? Like, can I learn to be comfortable? Negotiation. There are so many things you have to learn. You said sales negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing. Mm-hmm. Communication. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, so at this point, you've um, told us the story in brief of your life. <laughs> it is in brief of how your life has been in terms of career, basically. Me, yes. me, basically, let's say that. Um, what are the laws that you faced that um, you hadn't, you have not mentioned? Well, I thought I mentioned some lows, mm. but uh, you want more? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarah likes to go in the, into the lows. Mm. Yeah, I like the, I like this um, the storytelling technique that I learned from from uh, this famous coach Lisa Nichols. I don't know if you've heard of her. Yeah. Where she says the best way to touch people's hearts is actually when you go low, when you go into the valley right she calls mm. it the dip like you start by showing people all the success and achievement and the great things you have achieved and then you tell them about the low point mm. but then you don't want to leave people in the valley because that's depressing mm. you want to take people up again yeah. out of the valley because mm. that gives them hope and inspiration mm. so there i just taught you guys some storytelling technique that <laughs> is so powerful you can mm. use it literally in a job interview, when mm -hmm. people ask you, tell me about a time you had a conflict. Tell me mm -hmm. about a time when you overcame a challenge. Mm -hmm. If you use the dip technique, it's so powerful because it shows that you are able to overcome obstacles mm -hmm. and you have awareness of how you do it. Mm -hmm. That's key. Not just so knowing want... how, but being aware that you know how it's done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That you know how I did it. I know how I overcame that. Mm. So if I'm going to talk about a low, since I've already talked about it in my newsletter this morning, mm. I'll, I'll share that one as well. Mm. So one low, it's part of my personal life, but it has affected all of my life. You know, it's mm. affected my career. It's affected my health. It's affected my relationships, like you name it. Mm. It had to do with me growing up in an abusive family home environment. Mm -hmm. And at the age of 17, we literally had to leave that home, my mm -hmm. mother, my siblings, and I, mm -hmm. and we had to run away and hide from my own father mm -hmm. because he was violent. He was not safe. Like it was not safe for us to be with him anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was not willing to accept the fact that we did not want to live with him. Unfortunately, mm. he was mentally ill. Mm. But then, at the um, 13 years later, he ended up passing away in a heart attack all mm. alone. And that was really sad because I had already grieved the loss of my father as a 17-year-old. I already felt while my father was alive, I had lost him because he wasn't there. He wasn't the father that I needed. Mm. Quite the opposite. He was... He was a harmful father. He was causing pain and danger and for me and my family. Mm. So can you imagine? This is basically all my upbringing. So from the being a child until 17, I was in an environment that it was abusive. Not everyday abuse. But people don't sometimes understand when you have an abusive parent as a child, it's like being living in a war zone that sometimes has, you know how war zones sometimes have, what do you call it? Peace fire? What do you call it when they're not shooting? I don't know. When they cease fire, when they say, is... okay, when they cease fire and they mm. say, oh, it's peace, it's peace, we're not mm. fighting. It's kind mm. of like that. It's kind mm. of living like 
you don't know when the fire is going to happen again, yeah, right? Yeah. You're like, oh, like there might be something all of a sudden. You don't uh, know. So uh, you're always on your tippy toes as a child, not feeling safe in your uh, own home environment. Uh, so this actually, I'm, I'm reading a lot about trauma these days. I'm reading this beautiful book called What Happened to You by Bruce Perry and Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. And I love it because they say, let's let's use a different word instead of telling people what's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You know, why are you depressed or why are you angry or why are you this? Like we were labeling people as something is wrong with them. Yeah. Let's ask what happened to you. Mm-hmm. Because when you start reading about trauma and read the neuroscience about trauma, it is so fascinating. You know, it literally changes how our brain works. It changes the physiology it changes our stress response. Mm-hmm. So that means even stress today, and I'm a grown-up, you, if you've had like a lot of trauma as a child, you become sensitized. You become more sensitive mm-hmm. to stress. Mm-hmm. So as small things can like activate your fear or stress response versus a person who might have had a safe upbringing where it was stable, mm-hmm. they have more resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Not, things are not going to get them out of balance easily. Good news is, though, for those of you who studied neuroscience, our brain is plastic. We have Mm -hmm. neuroplasticity. Mm -hmm. So you can heal trauma. You can heal a lot of these wounds. And some people might be thinking trauma. I'm not traumatized. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't have an abusive father. Mm -hmm. And I don't don't have any trauma you're talking about. Yeah, like trauma can be small things. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be abuse or sexual violence, you know, any of that. It could literally be like... As a child, your mother had to, I don't know, she was hospitalized for a month and you were without a mom for a month as a child. That could have created trauma. Mm -hmm. Because as a child, you don't understand the world. You don't understand what's going on. So you feel abandoned. Yeah. Right? So that stays until we resolve it. So we need to resolve these things. So I would say, if you ask me what's the low, this is the low like having lived with with a father like that but at the same time my father has been my biggest teacher in my life mm-hmm. my biggest teacher because he taught me how to forgive because mm. i really had to practice forgiveness so so like on a deep level and i still i'm still learning i don't I still think there are things I haven't let go of. You know? yeah, yeah, <laughs> I yeah. realize forgiveness is like an onion. It's like an onion and there's layers. Peeling, yeah. yeah, there is yeah. another one and another one, another one. Yeah. And the same thing with this personal growth stuff that I've been doing. Uh-huh. It also feels like that. It's just layers after layers. Uh-huh. But I, I, and that's why I love the meaning of my name, Hope, because I have a lot of hope. And I have a lot of hope for, for people that you can heal. Mm. We can heal. We can recover from these kind of experiences. You know, these things don't have to define our future. Mm. It doesn't have to go bad. Like you you can go through horrible things in your life and childhood. And sometimes people experience horrible things as adults. You know, Mm. they might not experience this in their childhood. Mm. But we can use it as fuel to grow. There is this beautiful saying by, what's his name? T. Natyang, this Buddhist monk who says there is no lotus without mud. Mm -hmm. So there can't, this lotus flower. So there cannot be a beautiful lotus flower without Mm. the mud. Mm. We need the mud. Mm. Like in the mud, there is uh, nutrients. 
and the fertilizer for the flower to grow. Yeah. So this is how I see these these adversities we have in life don't have to become trauma. Yeah. If we learn the tools and we have resources to deal with the adversity when it happens, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to traumatize you. And the beautiful message in this book, and I love it, he, they say that what really helps people to deal with adversity mm -hmm. is feeling connected to other people. So if mm -hmm. you have healthy relationships, if you have a good community, if you have connection to your culture and to your environment, mm -hmm. that is a great buffer. So whatever adversity you're dealing with, you don't have to become traumatized by, by it. So, okay. All right. Thanks for sharing that. What other law did you, have you faced? Um, More than that? Oh my mm -hmm. God. I think that's like the biggest ever law. I don't mm -hmm. think, but I think, let's say that this is like the deepest valley that I've mm -hmm. had in my life. And mm -hmm. then all the other valleys are linked to this. Mm -hmm. You know, all the other lows that I've had when it comes to my career and my health and my relationships are somehow linked to that original mm. low because mm. what we go through in childhood does affect how we show up in adulthood. Yeah. And, and that's why it's, it's good to go back to that original experience to mm. heal that, deal with that, forgive, forgive your parents, forgive yourself, mm. and then realize that, you know, we're all human beings and we're here learning. I love mm. what uh, Blair Singer said recently. He's, he's my trainer and mentor. And he was asking us in a Zoom call, he's like, who am I? Ask yourself, who am I? And then everybody's like writing down all these like, oh, I'm a scientist or I'm a teacher or I'm a trainer or I'm like this and I'm that. And I'm like, and then he said, do you want to know who I am? And everybody was like, yeah, yeah, tell us. We're so curious. He's like, I'm an experiment. Oh. You don't, you're not that a beautiful? product that has been like already published or rather produced yeah you constantly it's an ongoing process yeah and if you're an experiment guess what mm. if you're an experiment you have room to fail because mm. what that's part of experimenting yes. you have you're giving yourself space to fail to not know the outcome mm. to figure things out and if you see yourself like that you have way more self-compassion mm. that even if i don't know and if I fail and I made mistakes, hey, I'm an experiment. I'm learning. I'm here to learn and grow. Mm. And so that's why if you ask me, what is my low? Like, mm. like you know, you, literally, if you draw the low, mm. draw the low like this. It's a dip. And then you, you just look at it upside down. It's mm. a high. Mm -hmm. So if you see life like this, like I know you guys can't see what I'm doing, but I'm like drawing like a roller coaster. Imagine we're on a roller coaster. It's like down and up, down mm -hmm. and up, dip mm -hmm. and up, dip and up. Mm -hmm. But wait a second, we can flip, flip that it. and mm -hmm. then the lows becomes the high. high. Yeah. Because what? The lows are part of the experiment that is allowing you to have the high. Mm -hmm. Without the low, we can't have the high. Mm -hmm. Without the high, we cannot have the low. So instead of just labeling things in life like Otherwise it won't be a high. Huh? Otherwise, it won't be high if you didn't have the low. Yeah. Mm. And then we are, we get stuck in what's good and what's bad in life. And did I do a good decision or bad decision? Or was that a bad thing that happened in my life? Or was it a good thing? 
you know, me having a father like that, like, you know, when I was younger, I would have this victim mentality, like, why me? Why me? Why me? Why couldn't I have a normal dad like everybody else? Mm. But it, that doesn't really help mm. to think in those terms. Mm. Instead of labeling it as like this bad, horrible thing. Mm-hmm. Why me? Like, mm. wow, mm. I got to experience that. Like, dude, and like that low gave me the power and the fuel to create the life that I have today. Mm. Because maybe if I didn't have that extreme low, I wouldn't go so extremely high in my life. Mm. I would just stay, you know, Same thing. Yeah. Right? And what does that look like? If, it's, if this is on a heart monitor, this mm. line, what does that equal? Death. Mm. Mind blown. Yeah. I like your analogies. They're so, I don't know. They're so relatable. They just make you see. You know, but you don't know. You realize that you actually don't know until you say what you've said. And you're like, okay, by the way, that makes sense. Because mm. the line we on the monitor. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. the line on the monitor is actually. And, and, and life is indicated by their, what, what are they called? The up and yeah, down the ups stuff. and downs yeah. on the AKG. Yeah. It's like, dude, that's life. Like, that is literally life. If your line is this, you're dead. Sorry, dude. <laughs> so I say, let's embrace the highs and lows. Mm. Embrace them. Yeah. You know, and don't take it for granted. Don't mm. go like, oh, no, my life is perfect. Let me just stay here on the high. I don't want to go into the low. Please, please, please. Mm. I'm like, dude, but like, it's part of it. Mm. And that's when I think we can really, you know, vulnerability. I mean, that's the name of your your podcast. Like Mm. vulnerability is being okay with that. Mm. Being okay that our life is not perfect. Mm. We're not perfect. Mm. We don't have all the answers figured out. Mm. We're an experiment. We're Mm. learning. Mm. And if we can do that, I think we can enjoy the experiment much more. In this experiment, there are highs that happen. Take, talk, take us through that the highs mm. well the highs are definitely you know when i'm able to and i mean this sounds like silly because but i think really altruism it's pure selfishness you know like wanting to help other people mm. it is all about you feeling good and i think that's for me that's my high like it's almost like a drug it's mm. like oof, like whenever i see that anything i did helped another person and it doesn't have to be me as a coach Mm. it can literally be me you know helping this lady the other day on the bus Mm. and then she gave me this big smile because i got up i got up and i I gave her my seat and you know she was so grateful Mm. she's like well thank you so much like yeah you're welcome so it's it's something so i don't know so i don't know kind of normal and tiny and uh, not so kind of significant but it's something so huge that you see someone smile when you do something to you it's not very (laughs) it's not like you were losing anything so much but once you see that smile you realize wow yeah and that's why i believe the highs in life are when we when we have those interactions with other people, mm. whether it's like through our work and personal life, 
just being on the bus mm. and and that's why it's easy to get to highs you know mm. it's easy it doesn't have to be like you know that we have to wait for three years to get the dream job or to publish or or oh once i have enough money and i buy that house or whatever it is mm. i mean we can have a high every day every moment almost if we're if we're willing to experience it and i know this sounds a bit cheesy i know this sounds a bit like these sayings you know seize the day live in the moment be present <laughs> be grateful but that's my experience my mm. experience is when i'm present and when i'm looking into mm. connecting with other people i literally get a high mm. i get a high from that mm. so so could you talk about one high that you've experienced in your journey as a coach a career mm. coach that was um that i know them they are a lot but uh, what is mm. that thing that you'd like to share yeah there are so many i'm just thinking if i should give a specific example or general there's a dog barking sorry there's a dog yeah bark. you you're you're you know, the sound is very sensitive huh? yeah like, <laughs> That's what Spain is famous for, motorcycles and dogs. Mm, and uh, yeah. taverns, the taverns or whatever. Okay. Taverns? I'm not sure about taverns. You, know, the, you, you said mean tapas. Tapas. The, the supercar oh. stuff, like the, the modification of the thing that you're telling me earlier. They're not tap. What are they called? Something the way you modify it so that it's more loud. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the name of it. For the mm. motorcycle, yeah. Okay. Okay, let me think. I think for me the highs as a trainer and a coach has definitely been the moments when people and you can see it in their eyes, I find it so fascinating. Mm-hmm. I, I really find and that's why I say our mental and emotional uh, health or well-being is mm-hmm. so linked to the physical. It's mm-hmm. so linked. Mm-hmm. Because when when that connection happens, you mm-hmm. see it instantly. So I have been able to see, and I, and maybe the day, uh, maybe one day I will ask my clients to be able to publish before and after pictures. <laughs> mm. Because when they start the coaching program, their eyes are like, that, that like, would be nice. You should do that. The light. Mm. Like, I would love to do some scientific research on it, like mm. data, you know, like mm. let's have data, not just my observation. Yeah. But I've seen this observation, how there is no light in their eyes. Like the eyes are just kind of like dull, mm-hmm. almost like a zombie walking. I mean, now I'm now I'm exaggerating. They're mm-hmm. not like dead people, but like there's no liveliness in the mm-hmm. eyes, you know. And you know how sometimes you look in people's faces and you just see their eyes radiating, and they're like two stars. Mm-hmm. That transformation when I see them going from not having life in their eyes and then going like. Sometimes they come to the session and then I see like, oh, there is a shift in their eyes. And their mm. eyes are just like, bing. <laughs> and that comes from when people remember who they are. It's not me who did the work. You know, as a coach, I'm simply a catalyst. I'm a catalyst. I'm helping them remember who they are. Mm. But when a person remembers who they are and their true essence, that light shines through. You know, they say that the eyes are the window to the soul. Mm. You see it in people's eyes when they come alive. Mm. 
And when you are in that state, when you are in that mind, things become much easier in life. So applying for the job is easier. Networking is easier. Going to the job interview is easier because you're, you're full of energy and life. And then these situations aren't that terrifying anymore. Mm. So I say that's the transformation that makes me the happiest as a coach to have been able to contribute to that. That must be satisfying. <laughs> it's like a drug, I tell you. <laughs> and I have to try hard not to get too addicted to it because, again, it's like, you know, it's not my, how do you say, it's not about me, you know, because sometimes the ego comes in mm. there and is like, oh, mm. I did this, I did that. Mm. Oh, it's mm. all thanks to my brilliance. Yeah. No, you know, like I've been giving this, these tools um, that I have and a gift of being able to help people. I'm using it. Mm. And, but they're doing the work. And we're all able to do this, all of us. So transformation, becoming happier, launching a dream career, creating impact in the world. Like sometimes people say, oh, this is like too idealistic and it's very dreamy. Mm. And I say, look, it's not about right or wrong or whether I can prove that this is truth or false. Mm. I'd rather ask questions. What makes me feel good? What makes you feel good? Mm. Does it make you feel good to, to imagine that the world is a bad place and that nothing works and things are against you and people are idiots? Mm. No, it doesn't make me feel good. Mm. So then I'd rather believe that the world is a good place and it's a mm. safe place and mm. people are helpful and people are positive and they want the best for me. Mm. But can I prove that? No, I cannot. <laughs> So that is why I say those the, these choices are in our hands as people. What we choose to believe in and what we focus on. What is uh, what are you hoping for? Forward, like what are you working towards? What is the next step? What are your future plans? Uh, I want to use uh, the analogy of Blair is that it's an experiment. Mm. It's an experiment. But similar to an experiment, as a scientist, of course, you have a question. Mm. So I say, instead of asking, what's the outcome? Because I don't know the outcome. Mm. I would say, I want to ask questions that I find interesting that are going to help me, you know, launch the next, next experiment that is fun and that is exciting. Mm. Mm. And, I and I would say, you know, the next question would be, how can I help more people? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. <sighs> yeah. And maybe not help because help sounds like other people are victims. I don't believe anybody's a victim, mm. but maybe how can I touch more people? How can I connect with more people? How can I, you know, co-create 